Hey, welcome back to Nick's Picks, and today we have a special show for you guys. We are talking Taylor Swift, her rise from country singer to international pop star, and to discuss this topic, I brought on my friend and Taylor Swift expert. Yes, she's in the 99.99 percentile of T-Swift fans, Nicole Brunholzel, to discuss whether or not Taylor Swift is the most controversial pop star of our generation, our top five favorite Taylor Swift songs, Nikki and I compare side to side who was right and who was wrong. And lastly, will Taylor Swift ever get married? Stick around and you will hear the answers to all these questions and more. And without further ado, let's begin the show. Thanks for joining us today. So uh, can you tell the audience, where are you at right now? I am currently in Cabo, Mexico, living the life and getting tan. <laughs> I kind of wish I could have done New Year's Eve in Cabo or somewhere in Mexico. Because, I mean, you know, the st- we don't even need to get into the state of where we are at as a country in the world right now. We, everyone already knows, and that's been talked about plenty. But I'm excited to talk Taylor Swift and Let's just begin. I mean, it's crazy that, what, she's been in your life now for, what, 13, 14 years? Yeah, I would say probably 13 or 14 years, and I just remember being obsessed with her in middle school, and the obsession has just grown from there, so it's my favorite topic to talk about. So you were on the bandwagon pretty early. Yes, very early. And so for the audience, you were, what, 13, maybe 14 years old, so in your, what, what are you now? I think I was in eighth grade. So how old are you in eighth grade? I don't know, 14? No, 13? Yeah. So it's been a long time. You were on the bandwagon early. So tell me about that. Tell me what, what drives people, not just you, but what drives people, particularly the female audience, to drive towards liking someone like Taylor Swift? What is it about her that people love? I feel like for her fans, people just feel like they really connect with her. And especially for me and my age group and even younger, they felt like they grew with her. So each album that she's produced and come out with, it's really interesting because she focuses on the album as a whole. Whereas a lot of artists, I feel like release singles and like hot tracks, she's kind of telling a story and it's each of her albums is, an era or a chapter of her life and I just feel like a lot of people can really relate to stuff that she sings about. I like how you said she's different from artists and that she focuses really on the albums and a lot of people yes they drop singles they drop like these EP, whatever they're called like just very short albums but she part of like former generation almost and mm-hmm. she just came out with a song called The Last Great American Dynasty and I'm guessing she kind of is referring to herself in that sense what does that song mean to you? So that song is really interesting. It's on her new album, Folklore. So that, it's actually about um, this lady. She was, I think she was an heiress. I need to, I don't, I don't know exactly what she did, but she was high up in Rhode Island. So Taylor actually bought her house in Rhode Island. And the real estate agent that showed her the house actually was telling her all about 
the lady and how she moved here and her life story there and all this stuff. So Taylor just thought it was super interesting. So she started reading up more about this lady who she bought the house from or who was the previous owner. And she found that they just kind of had a lot of parallels and similarities Mm -hmm. in their life. That's kind of how she wrote that song. So it's not fully about her, but Mm. there are similarities and parallels for sure. But I like, again, what you said at the beginning about her just focusing more on the albums, unlike artists today. And that's something that I think is kind of dying. So it's nice that Mm -hmm. she continues that trend that I think hopefully will never die. I think albums are something that will be here forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's insane. And if you think about it, it's like we have Spotify, Apple Music, and all these streaming websites, but it's like, she still breaks records of selling the most hard copy albums and CDs in the United States every time she releases an album. I mean, even for me, it's like I buy her CDs and albums still, but it's like I don't even like use them. I mean, I love her. So I'm like, I feel like they're like collectible items. It's crazy that she's still breaking records like that. I agree with you. There's something different about holding something in your hand, having something tangible rather than just listening to her on Spotify. So I definitely agree with you mm-hmm. on that because that's something, I mean, one day when you're super successful and famous, not that you're not <laughs> successful right now, you're going to be framing all these famous. I love that. <laughs> all these CDs on your wall in like your entertainment room, let's call it. No, totally. I'm You're going to have a shrine to her in your house, kind of, like oh, a museum. I 1,000%. <laughs> I will. I'll have a room dedicated to her. I'm all about that. Would you say you're in the 99 percentile of Taylor Swift fans? Absolutely. I actually was looking at my Spotify, like, 2020 wrap-up, and it said that I was in the 0.05 percentile of <laughs> I am not even kidding. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a proud moment or if that's kind of scary. It's a little concerning. <laughs> I mean, I follow you on Instagram. I see your posts. You do post a good amount about Taylor <laughs> Swift, which I like. I like when people have a passion and they post about it and keep people updated. Like I post stuff about sports. I don't think anyone gives a fuck, but I still post it because I like to voice my opinions and you're <laughs> the same way. Yeah, I'm kind of like, whatever. If I feel like posting it, then I'm just going to do that. And if people don't like it, then they could just ignore it. (laughs) Do you think you've had people unfollow you due to your Taylor Swift obsession? (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. I think, honestly, that more people send me stuff. And I, I love that. I love it when I go onto Instagram and someone, like, DMs me, like, the latest news about her or, like, whatever. And they're like, whenever we hear Taylor Swift or see anything Taylor Swift, we think of you. And I feel like that's, I think that's flattering to me. I mean, I love it, but so I don't know if people necessarily unfollow me, but maybe they do get annoyed. I'm sure there's people out there that do. I'm guessing you are the biggest fan out of all your friends. Oh yeah. By far. I would say so. Yes, by far. Yeah. Okay, let's get down to, like, the more nitty-gritty, like, interesting stuff. Would you say that Taylor Swift is the most polarizing pop star of our lifetime? I have one other person that comes to mind. I want to see if you can guess who I'm thinking of, that other person. I wouldn't say singing's her full-time gig. She's more, at this point, just a socialite celebrity. More a celebrity, not a socialite. She's very talented, though. Oh, my gosh. Is she in the same age range? Yes right around the same age range. And I'll just give you the biggest hint that Hannah Montana. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Miley Cyrus. Yes. So who is more, that's a good question. Who is more polarizing, Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? 
they're polarizing in different ways. Definitely different ways. Miley Cyrus is very talented. I think that she took a route in her career and it kind of not minimized her fan group, but it kind of steered in the direction. She where definitely it was a neglected bit more. people. She neglected people. Yeah. Like, Turn people off. Definitely. I mean, I think she's really, really talented. And I think that her voice is amazing, but her style that she kind of turned into just isn't my type necessarily. But I think that she's still a really, she is high up there. But I, I would say that Taylor Swift is, I think she's the most polarized. Because if you think about it, she's done a lot for her fans, but she's also done a lot in the music industry. I mean, she's changed a lot of things for artists and artists that are up and coming. And I think that that's amazing. Cause I mean, she could be like, Oh, who cares? Like, I don't really care how other people are trying to come up and get famous. I'm already at the top, but she just has genuine love. I think for the career path that she's in and the career. And, you know, I, I like how she uses her status to mm. help others and bring other people up and not cut people down. I think that that's, an important thing especially present day i think polarizing is a good word to describe her but another good word influential and mm-hmm. i think you would 100 percent agree with that and i was working glad i got this experience i worked for american idol for like a couple weeks just freelance work mm-hmm. and whenever a girl came in the first and she had blonde hair and she was from tennessee or <laughs> other state in the south the first comparison is taylor swift and that just shows, I mean, how influential Taylor Swift is to our generation. Isn't that crazy? And I, I mean, I just think that she is, she's true to herself and true to her fans. And I think that's what people like to see is, you know, honesty. And you're not faking some persona and you're being yourself and everything. So I think that that's what kind of It resonates with going. Mm-hmm, Definitely. Okay, let's go to another controversial topic. What were your thoughts in 2009 on Kanye West's actions at the VMAs? And what are your thoughts today? And I think that's when we first realized that this Kanye West guy, he might be a little crazy. I know. It's really so sad. I mean, he, you know, definitely struggles with inner demons. And it's, I go back and forth because at first I'm like, wow, like that was just, such an like awful move you shouldn't do that to someone how could you do that to some innocent she was 17 at the time yeah. like yeah she was young 2019 years old at the time yeah and if you watched her documentary and I mean even in interviews and it took her a long long time to open up about that but that affected her so much and it really moved her and her career path too sometimes with like all of the celebrity rumors and everything going on I'm like was this planned (laughs) because she uses this for like she doesn't use it but like I mean she turned it into a positive she did yeah yeah and before you continue what was your fandom for Kanye West at that time I still like him and at that time I still liked him okay I like his music I think his music is good you know, I like celebrities for the work that they make. I try not to judge them based off of their view. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I do still like him, but mm. I, at first I'm like, yeah, I was like, he's crazy. <laughs> but we all are. <laughs> 
No, yeah, we all are a little crazy. We all have our own inner demons. And honestly, I mean, a lot of people in America right now, especially right now, deal with mental health issues. I mean, yes, he's a little more intense. You hear the rumors about Kim Kardashian might be divorcing him. It's really sad to see, especially because they have kids. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. And this is one of the questions that you're going to come back at, lash back at me, and I want you to. So what are your (laughs) thoughts and what do you think about Taylor Swift or T-Swift dishing out her dirty laundry in her songs? Well, I mean, you don't think she does. You don't think she does to start with, I feel like. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think that she dishes out dirty laundry. I think that she, I look at it in a way as she's very vulnerable and in tune with her emotions. And a lot of people are not that way. And I, I think that's just something that inspired me at a a young age. And even now, as I get older, that, Mm. you know, it's fine to, feel those emotions and I think it's honestly almost even better like when you're vulnerable and you put yourself out there and you kind of tell people how you feel you can't guess and Mm. be like oh well they should they should know that I'm mad at him or like they should know that I don't like her I appreciate when she's vulnerable it's also as a fan base like easier to connect with someone that way because you're like oh my gosh I'm not the only one that felt that way after a breakup or I'm not the only one that you know, like doesn't feel this connection or whatnot. So I I think it's cool that she can really put down into a song, like a whole story she's painted through it. So I don't think that she's necessarily bashing people and putting people down in any of her songs. That's what I think is dirty laundry, but maybe I might Mm. have the wrong outlook on it. No, I agree with you. Like it's good for young women to know that it's okay to feel this way after a breakup, that it's normal, that gives people hope in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I think it's commendable that she's able to put this stuff out there. Yes, I guess technically I wouldn't call it dirty laundry because it's more public news already to the Mm -hmm. world. So she's not the one throwing it out there first because you know those entertainment news, People Magazine, Us Weekly, they're already throwing it out there. So it's already public knowledge. And she capitalized on something and it's worked out for her career but she's I think moved away from that as well yeah and that's actually one of my favorite songs is Blank Space on her album 1989 and it's that song was one of her top selling songs of all time and she actually wrote that song mocking the media and you know the tabloids because at that time they were calling her a serial dater and that she was Mm. crazy and manipulative and an emotional roller coaster. So she made that song. At first she had her feelings hurt, but then she was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this and run with it. If they think that I'm this crazy manipulative serial dater, like, well, then I'll show them that, you know, <laughs> she's not. But anyways, that's- I'm going to touch on a song in my honorable mention. So we're about to get into the top five of our favorite Taylor okay. Swift songs, but I have one question. I was going to go deeper into relationships, your own personal relationships, but I'm going to have a very generic question for you. Has there been a time okay. when you were in a relationship or dealing with a guy and you just went home and just put in headphones and just listened to Taylor Swift? Yes or no? Are you kidding me? <laughs> all the time. I do that. All- <laughs> like I do that all the time. Okay. I'm like, I- yeah, it's great. Now- I thought so. I thought so. I just wanted to ask you because I mean, that's good. It's a good outlet for young women and young girls to have. And oh, I love it. Okay, let's move on now. We're going into the top five. And I think we should do this from five to one. You'll say your five, then I'll say my five. I think you should go first since you're the expert and I will 
actually, do you have any honorable mentions? I have two. For her songs or just in For general? her songs. I have two honorable mention songs I wanted to get into. We actually already got into one of them, so we don't need to talk about it. The Last Amer- Great American Dynasty. Just listened to it for the first time, and I was like, oh, it's a pretty good, goddamn good song. And I did look at, I cheated. I looked at some lists online. It was rated number two of all her songs ever out of 173. So I'm going to mention that one. And then the last one I'm going to mention is Look What You Made Me Do, just because I thought that oh was- Oh my God. I just thought the music video was just, and that touches upon what you were saying about her, people calling her a serial dater. And it's like what the media did to her. And that was, I think, the point she was trying to make, put across in the music video. I don't think it's one of her best songs, but I think that music video is powerful. No, I think you nailed it. I mean, I agree. Like it's the song is, you know, it's catchy and it's fun Mm -hmm. to like listen to with your friends, but it doesn't have like a lot of depth as a lot of her other songs but the music video is iconic it's yeah it explains a lot before we begin i'm just gonna say my top five is gonna be very mainstream i feel like in comparison to your top five since you were a 99.99 percentile fan and i'm just (laughs) some guy who listens casually over the last 10 to 15 years of our life so you begin number five top five taylor swift songs of all time Okay, top five. Well, so my number one was Blank Space, and we already kind of talked about that. After I wrote down my five, I was like, there's one from each album, but there's one album that really, really stood out to me, and I wonder if you'll be able to know what album that is, like, right off the bat. I only know the name um, of two of the albums, I think, off the top of my head. Oh, my gosh. Fearless and Red. Okay, well, Red's a really good album. Okay, so top five. Let's see here. So for me, I put Blank Space, mm-hmm. um, which I talked about earlier. And then Death by a Thousand Cuts is on her album Lover. Delicate is on Reputation. I wrote Peace because that's on her new album Folklore. And it's a really, it's interview for Rolling Stones. And I, I really, it made me like the song like 10 times more. Um, and then of course, All Too Well is a fan favorite. And it's one of my favorite songs. And... It's definitely a song that I just love to blast and sing at the top of my lungs because it's just such a good song. Where are we right now? Walk us through again. Five, we're at, are you about to say number two? Yeah, okay, well, I just said all of them, but here, so I'll go into depth then about each one. So I told you I did blank space, so. Number five. Yeah, well. These are all equal. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so you don't, you five. have you just have a top five list. You don't have them ranked. I mean, I do have them ranked. I would say Blank Space is probably number one for me because that song's just iconic. So I would say number five for me would be Death by a Thousand Cuts. That's on her album Lover. And this song isn't, she actually wrote it, but it's not about her. It has nothing to do with her. She actually watched this Netflix movie, movie called someone great. I have not watched the movie yet, but it sounds like it's a cute movie. I really liked how she wrote in the bridge, how she kind of, you know, it was about this person giving up all of yourself to someone while you're in a relationship and you kind of lose yourself. And so by the time you guys break up, you're just kind of left with like nothing. You don't even know who you really are anymore because you get put so much into this relationship. Yeah, it's like you don't know your own identity because we, you were in a... Mm-hmm. 
I was just going to say, we probably have friends that we know that are like that and have been in relationships like that, that once they break up, they try to reach out to friends, but they've alienated everyone in their life. They, they don't really mm-hmm. know who to go to at that point, or they don't have the same relationships with their friends that they did prior to the relationship starting. And it's sad to see. I mean, breakups are hard. It's like you're with someone and you share so much with someone. And then all of a sudden one day it's just ripped out from under you. Like it's, you know, so you do kind of have like an identity crisis and it takes a while for you to get that back. So I just thought that that was really interesting in that song. And what I also liked about that song was that a lot of people don't talk about it, but you know, when you think of breakups, you just think of bad things like, oh, it was a really hard breakup or it was negative or, you know, like now they're betraying you in some sort of way or you lost your group of friends because of this person mm-hmm. or whatnot but that's tough so this song kind of talks about how people and I've always said this too like if you're in a relationship you obviously either well sometimes it's not obvious but you grow together or you mm-hmm. grow apart yes and because you're a team I mean yeah relationships are fine but they're definitely a lot of work I just thought that that was really interesting about this song was that it's mm. not necessarily that it was a bad breakup. It was just kind of forced. Like their paths just weren't going down the same way anymore. I just love that song. I think that the bridge is the best part though. We can just say what it is. We have former significant others that we were all friends that we all know each other. And I feel like you and me were pretty good at maintaining our friend groups while being in relationships. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, definitely. So I don't think we had that problem, but we know people who have had that problem. Okay, remind me, where are we now? You just told me you're 543. Yeah, so I did blank suit. Death by a Thousand Cuts now. No, this one's also like, this This is just like a more in-depth one too piece. It's on folklore. If you, I don't know if you've listened to it, but her Rolling Stones interview was really interesting. It was and this one is more personal. It's about her relationship that she's in now and how successful it's been and compared to other relationships. And, you know, it's the guy that she's dating is a British actor and he, but he lived a very normal life. And obviously if you're dating Taylor Swift, that's never going to be anywhere somewhat normal at all. I yeah, mean, imagine, never. I mean, I'd love to be famous, but I don't think I could be <laughs> at her level. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't yeah, know. You would not, I don't think anyone wants to be at her level. Like if you saw like the last mm-hmm. dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, maybe you heard of it. Maybe you did. Oh yeah. I watched that. That was good. So there's an episode where it's like, you don't want to be like MJ. And that was the whole thing. It's like, be like Mike. Nobody actually wants to be like Mike. Cause it is a 24 seven, 365 day job. Mm-hmm. Whenever he leaves his hotel room, or his house, he is mobbed. And it is it's insane. Exhausting. And the same is probably said for Taylor Swift. And they can both relate to what it's like to be at the top of the game. And I don't mean to cut you off. I'm gonna quick I want to go into my top five. It's way more mainstream. And the, I'm excited to hear yours. The latest song, it's very mainstream. I'm just gonna be up front. And the latest song is 2014. So it's all early Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's fine. I and love that. I'm not going to go into detail really on any of these songs. I'm just going to list them off to you and then you're going to give me your opinion on my list. So, okay. number five, okay. 2008, Love Story. Mm-hmm. Number four, 2012, 
22. And I think that is now a, that is now an anthem. When you turn 22, you hear that song being played. But did you know that I'm going to forever turn 22 just for that song? (laughs) Whenever you're listening to it, you go back to when you were 22? No, every birthday. I'm like, I'm 22. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's also my favorite number. And I'm born on 222. Number three, 2014, Shake It Off. Mm -hmm. Number two, 2009, You Belong With Me. I love that one. Number one, and it reminds me of one of my exes every time I listen to it. <laughs> so it is going to be engraved with me for a long time. 2012's We Are Never Getting Back Together. That is my number one Taylor Swift song. I think it is super catchy, and I just think it is so relatable. It's so good. It's- I mean, that album, Red, was freaking so insane and the fact it was this huge thing that she didn't she was nominated grammy for that album and she didn't win and like like people were just shocked because that album was in like it was from when she kind of moved from country to pop anyways but let's hear let's hear more about your so that's my top five list tell me what you thought and i'm gonna post this on instagram when we're done nikki's picks and nick's picks and okay, perfect. we're going to go up. We're going to see who wins that. You're going to win because yours are definitely more mainstream and <laughs> mine definitely have more depth. Like, because I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love that song. But some of her songs are just more fun. Like, they don't yeah. have a lot of meaning to it. You gave um, me meaning to all your picks. I did not give you any meaning except for number one and number four. Well, wait, where did look what you made me do come in? You said that that was in your Oh, five. honorable mention. Oh, oh, honorable mention. Got it. I mean, 22 is just a really fun, great song. Mm. Love Story is a classic. She'll, she plays that at every one of her concerts, and she'll play that at every one of her concerts till her very last. But people literally, wait, is it Love Story? Yeah, it is. It's Love Story. They, you know how many fan videos I've seen of people getting proposed to at the concert when she's singing that song? And I was like, honestly, that's so lame and then <laughs> and then I'm like well honestly if a guy if a guy like proposed to me with like an insane ring and we were at her concert and it was to that song like I would probably faint let's go into a time machine quickly and go back to where we were in 2008 you and me we were both in our freshman year of high school and I feel like this song was very relatable especially when you were, we were fresh- in middle school still depending when it came out in 2008, it's either the end of eighth grade for us or it's the beginning of our freshman year. But either way, I think you're continuing to listen to it into our freshman year of that year. And it's very relatable song. And I don't know about you, but I kind of felt like a loser in freshman year because I don't, you're this small person in this large school and you're going to school with these grown ass men and women because you're a freshman Mm -hmm. and they're seniors that are 18, 17 years old. And you're just like, my balls haven't (laughs) even dropped yet. Yeah, high school was rough. I, I just I didn't I didn't like high school, but I do remember listening to "You Belong with Me," and I feel like that. See, like that's like what I mean. Like you connect with her because she's saying like, "Me and you have a real connection," but like you have this girlfriend who's like way prettier and popular, and mm-hmm. she's like the cheerleader, and yes, you know, like she's wearing high heels and I'm wearing sneakers and. All that stuff and like so relatable. It's so relatable. So except cute. yeah. Except Nikki, you were a cheerleader, so 
okay, well, whatever, Nick. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, even, like, in just, like, any situation, like, you could be, like, if you have a crush on someone and you're, like, why don't you like me back? <laughs> exactly. Like, what am I not doing right? <laughs> I'm going to end this in a sec, but I think you, me, and our whole generation, we have a different relationship than anyone will ever have with Taylor Swift because we were going through high school and middle school when she was really coming up and becoming something. And we can relate to that, I think, better than anyone else can. The people that come after us and the people that came before us, they can't relate to Taylor Swift on the same level you and I can, especially you. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, it's. She's only five years older than us. She's 31. Insane. I mean, if you look at her success, you're just like, okay, well, that's cool. But yeah, <laughs> where am I going with my life? Yeah, what am I doing? She just, I mean, she has a natural talent in art. I mean, you're born with that. In my opinion, I think so. She definitely works very hard, but some of that has to come natural to you. But no, yeah, we're very, we're definitely in that era where we grew up with her and maybe we do connect with her on that deeper level for sure, just because she's going through something and then it, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like I kind of went through that too, or I'm going through that too. And it's interesting. One last question, more a funny question than anything, and then I'm gonna let you go. When will Taylor Swift get married? And is this current guy the one? The current guy is definitely the one. That's what and, a Taylor Swift fan would say, but continue. I mean, it's good to be assertive with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I have, I honestly believe that they'll get married. And when will they get married? I don't, maybe they already did get married. Like, I just know if she does get married, it's going to be so private and no one's going to mm -hmm. know about it. And that's kind of why I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe she got married or is going to get married soon because right now would be the perfect time. But That's funny because I feel like if anything, she should have the most outlandish, just like everyone should know and everyone should be invited to that wedding. But yes, I could see her just doing the complete opposite, which I think would be good for her image. She's so, very laid back. Yes. Like very, very laid back. Well, hey, Nikki, I, thank you for coming on. Honestly, I had a great time. Please come back again. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Yeah, next time maybe I'll bring Taylor on too. <laughs> yeah, that would really get these ratings up. <laughs> we can dream. Right? But, you don't hey. think I could do it myself? Just kidding. We'll see. We're about to find out. Well, thank you again <laughs> and have a great day. Thank you, Nick. Okay, I'll talk to you soon.